Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, on the record, I'm Brother Priest today, February 6, 2018, third degree. Um, Brother Robert, uh, how's your computer coming along? Is it? Are you able to use it okay? Shalom, brother. Um, uh, having got a chance to uh, to actually get it fixed, I, I did happen to go to the uh, the cable service um, entity to try to be able to connect it to my laptop. So uh, I actually did that a few days ago to try to utilize the laptop. However, as of yet, I really haven't um, put it together as of yet. So. Right now, I'm actually out of utilizing the internet outside of my phone at this time. Okay. Uh, well, are you able to use the internet while you talk on the phone? Uh, yeah, I'm actually able to. Okay. So I'm going to try something here. Um, I've been doing this for the last week. So actually, let me see who's on the line. Brother Shedrick, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Did you call me? Yeah, I called you. I think it was earlier that I was um, trying to figure out what was the uh, progress on those papers. You know what? Did you leave a message or something? Yes, sir. Well, I got to do something about this because, okay, my phone, I need some serious help. Okay, my phone keeps saying it's full. Like, I don't have any... um this space, but I have an SD card. <laughs> I have an SD card just like 16 gigs in here. And um, it keeps saying it's full, so it won't, it won't record my messages. I don't know how that works. So, or it's not sending me an alert if I get a voice message. Something like that. Okay. It's like this is happening for a couple of days, 
maybe longer, but I only noticed it like this last week. And I I don't I don't know what I was doing. I think I was on a meeting or something and you called and I tried to click over but then it hung up immediately. Oh boy. So you were trying to figure out what what did you say again? You were trying to figure out I was I was trying to figure out what the progress was on those papers of the temple um were coming along. Lord have mercy. I'm probably going to need a day that I just don't do no classes or something. Uh, all right. Can, are you available to, tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Okay. Yes, sir. I'll be available tomorrow, brother. Um, I'm going to look for them right now while I'm on the call. And then... Um, uh, if I don't find them while we're on this call, then I'll just try to have them by tomorrow because I think I was gonna. I think I told you I was gonna look at the see if I can find the hard copy, which I'm sure I can. Okay. All right. So, brother Hakeem, how are you, sir? Um. Brother Hakeem, thank you for asking. I'm cheerful. All is well. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, how's your progress coming with that case? So, like I mentioned last week, the uh, situation is this fines and uh, probations. Mm-hmm. So you already took care of that? It's already set in place? Yes, as of this week, it's uh, just dealing with the, the fines and the probation. How long is probation? Until the fines are paid off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that happen to me, brother. So that's good. I mean, you can take care of it and get it out of the way. Um, I'm going to try to launch this uh, free screen sharing. Uh, let me see. Uh, Brother Kedrick is not here. Uh, Brother Bernard, how are you, sir? Shalom, sir. All is well. Shalom, nation. Thank you for everything, brother. Like, man, you got a real testimony. And you have definitely helped out this nation more than what they know. You really, man, thank you, brother. 
Hold on. Wow. Unbelievable. Like, um, I wish, I wish people really would understand, but, um, man, brother, a couple of years ago, it was 2013, and we were in this class. Well, actually, no, we were in second degree. And you said these words. You said, I'm a lifer. I will never forget that. And um, I was shocked. Well, I can tell you this, brother. I see why you said that, because you show that the nation means something to you. Praise the Lord. We got good people here. We lost a few soldiers. Some of them has had bad life situations. Others are just really didn't belong here for the long haul. No problem at all. But we got to still keep on pushing on. So I want to talk about prayer. This is important. And I know we haven't been talking about this, but we've been on the commercial tip. But I need to go over this because we haven't talked about this in this degree. All right. I'm going to launch pre-screen sharing. So what we're going to do is go to join dot free screen sharing dot com. Excuse me. Join dot freeconferencecall.com slash network tone. When you get there, do not join. Don't set up an account. Just hold tight. Give me a minute, brother, um, please. My uh, computer is loading. 
Shalom, brother. Can you repeat that one more time? I'm traveling, so I'm going to write it down. Uh, yes, sir. It is join join.freeconferencecall.com slash network tone. Good grief. I had this open the whole time. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. I did not know. When you get there, you're going to see it should say uh, joint meeting. Then it'll ask you for a name or an email. You just put whatever in there, and then you should. Oh, I didn't start it yet. My bad. Hold on. Uh, okay. Okay. So you go to join dot free conference call dot com slash network tone. If you're on a phone, you I think you have to. Uh, download an app. And if you download the app, when you get to online meeting ID, it's network tone. Let's see Shedrick's there. Hopefully I can get through this pretty quickly and get back to to the commerce, but uh, if not, then we'll just see. Shadrick, what do you see on the screen, on my screen? Brother Shedrick, I'm sitting there asking, could you hear me and it's on mute? Um, you're on Yahoo. I see the one winter Olympic sport U.S. has never medaled in. Some old freckle faced lady, um, hard shelled, uh, hard shelled, whatever those Star Wars things is. Some Doritos, an orange peel, um, Malcolm Butler rebuts. A ridiculous story about omission, and if anybody's wondering what I mean, orange pill, I mean Donald Trump. And I hear. Thank you, sir. Is there anybody not able to to log on at this time? I'm on my way there, brother. I'm just got a couple of things I got to take care of, and I'm I'll be there. Oh, okay. Uh, 
I thought I saw Brother Lee on the line. I'm on the line, brother. I'm logging in right now. Brother, have you noticed um, something's up with um, Firefox? Um, I, I haven't had any issues with Firefox. I have been having issues with my voicemail for, like, the last week. Your voicemail? Yeah, for some reason, it, it's the notifications are not coming up whenever I have a um, whenever I have a voicemail. It keeps telling me it can't log in. It's been doing that for like a week. Wait a minute, that's what's gonna happen with me. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, when you, and that's what made me bring it up when you said it because I was like, mm, I'm going through the same thing. I wonder if it's something systemic. What in the world? That is crazy. Crazy. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Why am I doing this? So what what I'm gonna say is is really important because um I made a video of this some years ago, maybe five years ago, I don't know. But I see Lynn is on. I made a video maybe five years ago talking about this subject. Four, I think four. What is it, 2018? So I was say, yeah, that was 2013. I made the video. Um, and it's uh, time to re- it's time to release this video. So we got Cedric, Lynn, Hakeem, um, brother. Bernard, um, are you you still, like, on the way home or something or something like that? Yes, sir. I'm on, yeah, I'm on the way home from work. I should be home in, like, 30 minutes. So as soon as I get there, I'll log in unless you guys are. All righty, but well, um, it'll will work this out. Okay, so um, this thing here that we're on uh, allows Team Viewer only allows for five people, and this thing allows for up to sixty people. Plus, you can record. Um, I haven't figured out yet how to. Oh, maybe I did figure it out. Gonna say how you record the audio. Uh, maybe I did figure it out. I see a registering, or is that Lynn is doing? Oh, that's Lynn, brother Lynn. Yes, sir. I. Are you, do you have a microphone hooked up to the computer or something? 
You know, I, I actually um, I, I'm, I'm on a tablet, and whenever I logged in, I used the Internet option that allows for um, audio through the application. Wow. Okay, so... Oh, my thing is not hooked up. Maybe that's why. Oh, okay, I get it. So if I had a microphone, that okay. I think if I had a microphone, I could I could be recording. All right, thank you, sir. So, um, where do we start? All right. Prayer. This is very, very, very important. With the Hebrew faith, there are prayer postures. And with the Hebrew faith, there are generally three prayers a day that are required. Now, why have we never really talked about this? Because um, we have learned how to think and why to think. So this was gonna this is gonna make that much more sense once I can get through this. So I'm trying to get my thoughts together here. All right. One of the things that has happened is that there are three major religions that all come from the same source, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, and they all come from the Hebrew faith. But to understand some of the differences in the culture is to understand why there's so much confusion. When you look at the Hebrew culture, the Hebrew faith is really a culture, a lifestyle, a way of life. It's it's following a platform of government. So being a part of a platform of government, all of that is a way of life. It's, it's practiced Religiously meaning it's practiced repetitively, but it's not religious in the sense of religion being idol god worship. So we know prayer is something that you also include in a court case. So it's really confusing for people to understand how this will relate to uh, 
the most high. Well, I want to first talk about how we're supposed to be praying. I think that's where I want to start. So I'm going to go, let's say, Matthew chapter 6. All right. I'm going to start at verse 5. So this is Christ talking about prayer. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues. Hold that. The synagogues here are representing any type of building or place of worship. I'll read it again. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. They that may that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So right off the bat, hypocrites stand in um synagogues or places of worship and on the corners of the streets and pray. That's one way we designate hypocrites. Next verse, but thou when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So, hypocrites number two. Those that stand in a place of worship, excuse me, those that pray publicly. So public displays of prayer actually uh, hypocrites are those who stand in, in places of worship and then publicly out on the streets. So when we pray, we're supposed to go into a private place. Um, Brother Shedrick, does this mean that when we pray, we're supposed to go into a, a closet? No, not necessarily. I, I would assume, or it would be presumed, and I mean closet, closet being symbolized by something, uh, something, a confined area, private confined area, maybe, um, uh, your own personal space, um, where you're secluded, you can hear yourself think, meditate, so on and so forth, and I yet. Uh, Lynn, what is your take on that? You know, I, I think the um, closet is just uh, symbolic or indicative of a private or an intimate space. That that that's it. 
Ayo. Great, great. So, verse 5, And without praise thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue. Who is it that today is praying in the place of worship? Standing in a place of worship, a physical building, and praying. Who is that? Uh, Cedric, who is that? The Christians. <laughs> okay, who's playing, praying out on the street? Hebrew, here to late. Ray Lewis. <laughs> oh, Uncle Tom, my turncoat, Chuck, Ray Lewis, murderer. Uh, yeah, okay. Now, we got people praying out on the street. We got people standing in places of worship praying. And then we got people that are praying openly in public. Now, who was that third group? Um, Brother Robert, who's that third group that's praying openly in public? Praying openly in public. Would it be... Because you can, I think, with the, the Muslims, they bow down to, what is that called, the uh, the, the rock, or whatever the case may be. And also uh, the Jewish, um, I guess, in their particular capacity, uh, praying to the wall. Or, like, for instance, when we went to Detroit, um, I saw some Jewish people praying to the wall. So I guess it would be those people. Got it. So we got Muslims, <laughs> Christians, and Jewish people are doing the exact opposite of what he said we're supposed to be doing. So what are they, according to the Christ? They are hypocrites. <laughs> now, We go to the Christians, we know that the Christians got their religion from Romans. So, of course, Romans are not going to teach them the truth. They go to church every Sunday, and they got somebody reading out this book and preaching to them. Still yet, they do the exact thing that they are told not to do. What are your thoughts, Brother Lynn? That's a lot, Mark. I think the behavior is uh, just indicative of the fact that, you know, these people are really the Antichrist from a standpoint of their behavior. And, and their conduct, you know, you the, the Christ is telling you to do one thing, and then you doing something completely different. And for all intents and purposes, you're looked at as being in line 
with uh or or an example of truth you know and and spirituality and you know you're you're the furthest thing from it it's 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 definitely a paradox now you so brother bernard is this clear who the hypocrites are yes sir yes it is that's why i had mentioned ray lewis and because of uh what that verse has said, uh, and remember he took the knee when they had that field, that football game over there in London, and he said he got down on his knees for, for the Messiah, and the Messiah said, don't do as the hypocrites do. And they prayed to be seen for men's sake. <laughs> yes, sir. So here he is on two knees instead of one. Here he is in public praying. He's a hypocrite, beyond a shadow of a doubt, based on the Bible, not on my belief system. I believe in these scriptures. So this is the scriptures calling him a, a, a hypocrite, not me. I'm just agreeing. Now, if all of these people from these three major religions are being flat out exposed as hypocrites. That means, and they all come from, the root of all of them are Abraham and the Hebrew faith. And that means that there's one group of people who have this body of truth. Now, let's further look at what's going on here. Verse 7. Well, let me go back to verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking, but not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye need of before ye ask. Now, I need to point out another critical part. I'm going to use verses 7 and verses 9, and we're going to see what's going on here. We talked about hypocrites. Now we're about to talk about heathens. Verse 7, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Jump down to verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Hold that. Verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition, 
Verse 9, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Shedrick, what's going on here? <laughs> he really want my answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'm reading it, and I, I, I see why we're having this discussion, and I can honestly tell you that is not what's happening today. You can turn on any, uh, you can turn on Denny Hen, you can turn on Creeflo Dollar, you can turn on the, Evangel- uh, the uh, CBN network, and name miles are moving a mile a minute. So them seeds, they praying all it open, and they using repetitious, you know, babble, trying to swindle the people out of their, you know, money through their feelings and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so interesting because you would think with the praying that they do, it, it would follow, I guess you could say, this format, and it would be this format. Nonetheless, I don't always see it, but okay. How you up, brother? Thank you, sir. You hit it, but I want to go deeper because there's, there's something deeper here. Brother Liam, what do you see? Brother Liam? I'm 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 here, brother. Um Well, I mean one of the things that, that I see is is that even though he's teaching um the disciples um how to pray, it looks like the prayer is it, it seems more like a. Um, it seems more more like a prayer in the in the sense of like a, um, a judicial proceeding as opposed to a prayer for like begging, which is what most people would much, which is what most people do. I mean, that's what I see um, on. That's what I see. That's a very good point. <laughs> wow. Okay. That is true. But I want to point this out. We're pointing out heathens. So we got up here, we, we point out hypocrites. Now, some of these hypocrites are also heathens, savages. All right. Now, Let's look at the lowest on the totem pole in modern-day times who are savages. Essentially, they're savages. They're heathens, and they're hypocrites. So let me read it again, verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions. Use not vain repetitions. Verse 9. No, I'm going to jump to verse 10. Use not vain repetitions. No, verse 9. 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Use not vain repetitions. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Does anybody see what I'm trying to say here? Who are these heathens? <laughs> no way. Come on. Y'all got to see this. What, the other nations, you mean? No. I mean, it could be other nations, but... say it. When you go to church, one thing you do every Sunday is stand and pray, and you pray what is prayed called the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How many churches are doing this every Sunday? They do it every service or damn near every service. Not only are they doing it every service, it's in repetition. Okay. It's verbatim. It itself being called the Lord's Prayer is a vain repetition. Okay. Now, Lynn pointed out something. I'm going to go back to Lynn and see if he sees what I'm saying here, if he can pick it up. What do you get now, brother? You said something about verse 9. But not this last time that you just answered. Uh, you probably can't see what I'm saying. Um, let me see. All right. I'm going to just say it. Lynn said that this is teaching them how to pray. It is teaching them how to pray. Cedric is alluding to it. It's just teaching them how to pray, and they're not doing this. But see, what I heard in Shedrick, I don't know if he heard it himself, but I heard it. This is teaching them how to pray. But something is missing. Brother Robert, what's going on here? What's missing here? Um, something's not right. What do you see, Brother Robert? I guess I would see that um, they're teaching them how to pray as opposed to the way um, the Most High is uh, telling them how they're supposed to go ahead and pray. Uh, for instance, it's talking about how it's supposed to, the prayer is supposed to be done as opposed to what uh, they're teaching them how to pray, which is part of their particular doctrine. That's what I would say, brother. Yes, but I hope, I understood what you just said, but I hope what I'm about to say helps it expand our mind. Look, there's a difference in how to pray. You're being taught how to pray as opposed to a vain repetition. A vain repetition is being taught what to pray. Not, not how to pray. Yeah. 
So when he's saying this, he's teaching them how to pray, not what to pray. And what they did is they took this and made it what to pray. <laughs> they made that verse vain and repetition. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> a vain repetition. Shalom, brother. Can I say something real quick? Because when you said that, I'm gonna tell you what I what I got out of it. Every when I when you when I heard you say that, I thought about the Moors. I I thought about how they would tell the brothers and sisters when they go into the court how to go in and and defend themselves. <laughs> And it will be word for word, line from line, from line and this is supposed to be there. This is how they're supposed to get remedy, and it usually never works because number one, obviously the the way that they have set up the process to get their uh, supplications answered or to get the supplication is flawed because they're reaching from uh, they're reaching for laws. Um, or they're applying situations to the proceedings that don't uh, uh, that don't work through the courts. Number, uh, I guess you say nonetheless. But that's what I got out of what you just said, because you just said they teach vain, um, when you speak about vain repetitions, being taught what to pray, but not being taught how to pray. Yes. Yeah. They're being taught vain repetitions, and you're exactly right. Here go these crackpot sovereigns. Here, take this, and when the judge says this, you say this. And when they say this, this is what you say. Crackpot mores, crackpot sovereigns, crackpot being defined as heathens and hypocrites. Now it's clear who these heathens and hypocrites are. (laughs) I mean, this is according to the very same book that they claim that they worship. Now, how is this possible? If you have read this for yourself, how is it possible that you go to church every Sunday or you stand in the pulpit and preach and you have read this and you don't get this? I mean, I don't understand. Something is wrong here. Your understanding has been blocked because you are the heathens and the hypocrites that this book is speaking about. I don't think it could get more clear. <laughs> so, we got to understand what took place here historically. The Romans, during the time the Christ is walking the earth, are actually worshiping Serapis Christus, Apollo, Zeus, they're following Egyptian, Greco-Roman mythology as their religion. Serapis Christus' image was present during their time. That's That's got to be clear. What we call Christianity today, that Negroes worship, now, just go back 2,000 years ago, and 
you can call it Christianity because it was called Christianity then. It was called Christianity before um, Yeshua walks the earth. So it's Greco-Roman and Egyptian mythology. The worshipers of Serapis Christus were called Christians. So during the time of Paul, Peter, the apostles, disciples, the Serapis Christus image was the God of the day. Just like Jesus' image is really Serapis Christus today, but everybody's calling him Jesus. So Jesus is the God of today. He's the God of yesterday in, under the name of Serapis Christus. So that image and that folklore and that myth that surrounded Serapis was present during their lifetime when this said New Testament was being lived and written. Now, we got hypocrites that are doing all types of cultural um, hodgepodges of mythologies. We got heathens that are, that are doing all matter of idol God worship. And they believe that they're worshiping the real God, the Most High Almighty. Next thing that we got to gather, which I know that we get this here, but I want to just point this out. I'm going to go back to verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut, hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. I'm telling you, there is no possible way that you can fully understand what he just said if you don't have certain tools. So we got to go to the certain tools. We're going to go to Psalm 81. Uh, hold on. One second. I think I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Uh, what am I thinking of? Psalms 81. Or is it 91 that I'm thinking of? One second. I think I might be thinking of 91. That's really what I'm trying to say. Ninety-one. Psalms ninety-one. 
I'm going to read this other verse again. Verse 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Now, we know that this is not a physical closet. Enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hold that. But thou and thou prayest into, into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So there's a secret place. There's a secret place where you're supposed to go and pray. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Lynn, where where is this secret place? Um, the secret place that it is referring to is um, a destination that you get to as a, a result of your spiritual growth and development. So it's talking about a state of mind. It's talking about a um, particular consciousness. It's talking about um, the upper room, so to speak. Wow, that was very well put. Yes, Brother Robert, where is this secret place? For myself, I would say uh, it sounds similar to, you know, uh, yourself, uh, you know, in a meditative state, kind of sort of internalizing the most high within your particular self as well as um, when you're doing it, um, you're going to, like, you mentioned last week um, the path of ascension and dealing with Kundalini and things of that particular capacity. So I would guess that it would be because because from what I am able to gather, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, I think prayer is when you're asking the Most High for um, to give you whatever it is that you're seeking in that particular situation. But when you meditate, I'm assuming that when you meditate you're listening to the messages of the almighty, the most high almighty. So I'm assuming in this situation, talking about the secret place would be within. And if you internalize that within and you take on that particular shelter, then you will be carrying the most high with you in terms of your form of ascension. That's what I have, brother. Beautiful, brother. That's exactly right. So this is something that is hidden 
from the masses, <laughs> and it's not even hidden. Now, you need certain tools to really understand what these scriptures are saying, but it's hidden by religions who are the heathens and the hypocrites who are religious by Christianity, Islam, Judaism, particularly. They're all supposed to be going back to Abraham. How come they ain't going back to this? Because they're the hypocrites and they're the heathen. Brother Priest. Sir? Just a quick question. I just wanted to ask for your input on this, brother. Like, um, I remember there was a document that came out, whether it was true or not, but I think, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, everything that's inclusive of this document, well, you know, is kind of plays out today. And in that document, it's called the Secret Covenant. I think everybody here heard of it. Uh, One of the things that it did say was that they would give the people religions and keep them away from the secrets of the absolute. So would that be uh, indicative of what you're speaking of here, brother? I would say yes, but there's one thing you got to remember. At a certain point, they didn't have to give the people religion because they will make a You see, they're going to make a on any damn way. They you they give they give them religion as as a, a set of uh, kindergarten building blocks, bristle blocks, Legos. They give right. them that, all right. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, they're gonna take that what they already have, and they're gonna spring off to some other damn religion. They're gonna make something else new just to get comfortable. So mm. it's oh, you see, so. Yes, yes, because but when you do this, I'll, I'll give you an example. That would be Second uh, Kings chapter seventeen, um, specifically with our people. Um, you get to see you get to see exactly what we did, and when you see it, it's um, it's exactly what's happening today. So, uh, oh man, excuse me. Wow, stomach hungry. All right, so let me see. Let me begin. Second Kings chapter seventeen. I'm gonna start at verse. I'm gonna start at verse uh, five. Then the king of Assyria came up throughout all the land and went up to Samaria and besieged it three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and took them in the Halah and in harbor by the river of Gozan and the cities of Medes. Why did they take them? For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against their Lord, their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt under the land of the Pharaoh, of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. Now look. Mm. Watch. Watch it. We were, we were chilling, right? Mm-hmm. We against the Lord. What happened? We went into bond servitude in Assyria. And why? 
we feared other gods. Well, look at what else it says. And walked in the statutes of the heathen. Whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God. And they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchmen to the fence city. Mm. They set them up images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burnt incense in the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away before them. <laughs> and wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. That gets better now. <laughs> For they served idols, whereof the Lord had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah, meaning the two kingdoms, the upper kingdom Israel and the lower kingdom Judah, by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes. Keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Let me hold that right there. First of all, if you're not following the laws, the commandments, and the statutes, you're not following all three sets, meaning you have to have government law and commerce to do this, then you are not following your forefathers. Your mind ain't even right yet. You're still worshiping idol gods. I don't know how clear this has to be, but that's crystal clear for me. Reason, notwithstanding, they would not hear. You try go talking to one of these Hebrew Israelites about government law and commerce. Try talking to a Christian about government law and commerce. Try to talk to a quote-unquote conscious being in the conscious community and a, a, a god, a goddess, a god of earth, five percent, or whatever. Talk to any of them about government law and commerce, and what do they do? They want to stick with their idol god stuff. Be it Black Panthers, where they or now I respect Black Panthers, but understand, this is a philosophy that has become like a religion. Okay. Um, Pan Africanist, yes, go ahead, brother. Somebody oh, say something? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. It was a brother about to get ready to speak. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Just go ahead and complete your thought. Oh. Was that you, Shedrick? I was getting ready to say something, and I think somebody else was about to get ready to say something at the same time. So I was. Just go ahead. You take it, brother. Oh, I was sitting here and I'm reading it, and um, I was. Um, I tell you what, let, I'll let you finish it, and I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it, brother. I'll let you finish the chat this day, and I'll come back to it after that. There you go. Okay. 
Um, how did you do that, brother Lee? Oh, I just <laughs> man, you always find this stuff. <laughs> Holy smokes! I didn't even realize I was there. I mean, I guess if I would have just looked. But okay, anyway, verse fourteen. We're at Second Kings chapter seventeen, verse fourteen. What, what I'm trying to say is, you got to really continue to read the rest of this chapter before you're gonna really fully see that these are the same people back then that they are now. Notwithstanding, they would not hear. You can't talk to none of these guys about it. But harden their necks. Do they not harden their necks? Panthers, Muslims, Christians, Hebrews, conscious. When we talk government law and commerce, do they not harden their necks? Like to the necks of their fathers, which are these guys here that are, that are in this chapter that did not believe in the Lord their God. So they don't even believe in the real truth. And they rejected his statutes. Oh, no, we follow and we don't eat swine. A statute has nothing to do with whether or not you eat swine. That's a moral code. That's a commandment. But it's, it's a statute carried out in law, which means you can be tried for it. And it reads on, and they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers. We have rejected government law and commerce. We have rejected theocracy. We have traded it for all manner of other gods. And his testimonies, which he testified against them, and they followed vanity. Now, how vain are these Negroes? I'm God. I'm a goddess and became vain, and went after the heathen that were round about them, concerning whom the Lord had charged them, that they should not do like them. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images. Now, what what is an ark? What is King Tut? Why are you walking around with King Tut shirts on? And got a big face of King Tut on your shirt, on your T-shirt. This is today. Even two calves made a grove and worshipped the host of heaven and served Baal. Man, I've got stomach pain. Excuse me. And they worshipped their sons. Oh, excuse me. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire and use divination and enchantments. What do they do? Uh, they got your stargazers. They got your your psychic readers. They got your all of these different people and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them. So we're talking about the upper kingdom out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. We're talking about the ten tribes that went into Assyria. And Judah kept not the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel which they made. And the Lord rejected all of the seed of Israel, meaning they walked in to, to statutes that did not align with natural law. And the Lord rejected all the seed of Israel and afflicted them and delivered them into the hands of spoilers. 
until he had cast them out of his sight. For he rent Israel from the house of David. <laughs> and they made Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, king. And Jeroboam, excuse me, drove Israel from following the Lord and made them sin a great sin. It gets even deeper. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam, which he did. They departed not from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, and he had said by all his servants the prophets, as he had said by all the servants the prophets. So was Israel carried away out of their own land to Assyria unto this day. And the king of Assyria brought men from Babylon and from Cuttoth and from Ava and from Hamath and from Safaram and placed them in cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they possessed Samaria and dwelt in the cities there. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not the Lord. Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which slew some of them. So this is a natural law taking over. Wherefore, they spake to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations which thou hast removed and replaced in the cities of Samaria, now not the manner of God of the land. Therefore, he hath sent lions among them, and behold, they slay them, and because they know not the manner of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, crying, saying, Carry thither one of the priests whom ye brought from thence, and let them go and dwell there, and let him teach them the manner of the God of the land. Now, I should jump down. Let me see. I'm not going to read all this. I'm going to skip over that part. I think it's here. All right. Uh, Until this day, they do after the former matters. They fear not the Lord. Neither do they after their statutes or after their ordinances or after the law and command which the Lord commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, Ye shall not fear other gods, nor bow yourselves to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But the Lord, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and stretched out arm, him shall ye fear, and him shall ye worship, and to him shall ye do sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment, which he wrote for you, Ye shall observe to do forevermore, and ye shall not fear other gods. And the covenant that I have made with you, ye shall not forget, neither shall ye fear other gods. But the Lord your God shall, shall ye fear, and he shall deliver you out of the hands of your enemies. How do you get delivered out of bond servitude out of your enemies? By returning to theocracy. How be it did they not hearken? But they did after their former manner. So these nations feared the so these nations feared the Lord and served the graven images, both their children and their children's children, 
did as their forefathers, so do they unto this day. My point is, what happens to get away from having to serve punishment they kept making up gods following other religions foreign gods and they kept doing it over and over and over and they kept doing it because They didn't want to have to answer for what they did wrong. So here you got five percenters. That's a religion. That's them claiming to be gods. That's them calling the white man the devil and them basically saying they're superior to him because they're God. Muslims with the Nation of Islam, same thing. Christians following a picture. <laughs> Hebrews. Hebrews following Christianity mixed with Nation of Islam. Lying, talking about all this other stuff. That's straight up Nation of Islam doctrine that they teach. And look, if you've been around in this movement as long as I have, it is clear that that's Nation of Islam doctrine. Because when you talk to older Hebrews that are like in their 90s and stuff, they don't know nothing about this stuff. You say something, brother? Floor is yours, brother. Chadrick. No, but I went on mute. But um, let me just say this. I um when you were talking about the uh Israelites being removed from the northern kingdom and they were replaced with um with the Kus the Kus, uh, the people of Kusas, the Ava the Avites, uh, the Severin and all these other different uh nations. Um it just pretty much confirms like um, a dispossession and why people can be dispossessed by our government. Um, it's funny because I remember reading the scriptures and I remember um, where it was, a, I can't remember exactly what nation it was, but they were talking about how the reason why they could be able to dispossess Israel, and one of the reasons that they came up with was if we catch them not following the law, and I was like, so they, they, their whole thing was catching us off God, not catching the law. I mean, not uh, not practicing our law. That can be committing treason, um, uh, uh, anything regarding. Uh, what's the thing called? Exaction, um, oppressing the people, so on and so forth. So that's what they were looking for. And then now you have it, you have it where they were dispossessed, and then more people they put 
more people in who didn't know the land. And look at the uh, United States today. There's a prime example of the most high dispossessing Israelites and then moving people in who don't necessarily know the land. Although they have been able to set up a government here, they still don't know the land. But that's, you know, that's, I guess, that's something for later discussion with Ayo, bro. Very good point. I'm saying, like, I'm, I, I hope you all have enough time because I got to get a few more things in. I guess we got about another 44 minutes at least. I'm saying, the deeper we go into this prayer, this is going to open up an understanding of what took place and what has been taking place on this earth. And it's beyond a shadow of a doubt that this Bible is accurate, it's credible, and it's the only thing that I have read in my life that really makes the most sense about what's going on on this earth when you have certain tools. Now, if you don't have the tools, then, you know, people make mischief with it. So, look. We discover what the heathens are. We discovered who they are. We discovered who the heathens and who the hypocrites are. We discovered that even back then we were following heathens and we became heathenistic. Now, prayer postures are part I'm going to use two parts a part remembrance and part physical exercise now hear me good Part remembrance and part physical exercise. Prayer posture position. And it's part worship and communication with the Most High now. But I'm saying prayer positions. One position is your hands are up over your head. Another position is you have your hands in front of you. Another position is you what they call prostrate yourself and your forehead may touch the earth and you will be in like a what is called a fetal position. The same type of position you're in when you're in the womb. 
Now, these are positions, prayer postures. Okay. Now, I'm going to go to Numbers 24. Numbers 24 and 4. He has said, which heard the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. Liam, what are you here? We talk about prayer. Remember, we talk about prayer. Right. Um, he has said, which heard the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. It, it sounds like... Um, it sounds like... This is speaking about an altered, uh, altered state of consciousness. Um, almost like a, almost like a. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a different state. It's like a, um, probably an expanded state of awareness that allows you to be able to um, communicate with the most high in a greater way. At least that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah, you're right. It's a trance-like state. It's a meditative state in and of itself, is a secret place. I just This just popped in my head, so I'm going to see if I can find this. Malcolm letter from the pilgrimage letter clip. Here they are in public walking around this cobblestone, which is supposed to be a meteor that fell out of the heaven and they put something around it. They're walking around this. Okay, now, this is a bit of history that I'm going to see how, how well I can take a shot at this. I hope Hopefully I can get this out. 
First of all, Abraham, his firstborn was Ishmael, and Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. Abraham had a, a, a concubine servant, handmaiden, Hagar, which some people say Hagar's father was Imhotep. Other people say Hagar was Hathor in Egypt. Abraham and Ishmael, Abraham walked Ishmael and his mother to Mecca and built the Kaaba. This is important to know about history. So, this actually happened in history. That's not a belief system. That's actual factual. Now, they walk around this seven times. You see their prayer postures. Now, where did they learn this and why? This is important. So uh, I don't know how well this is coming out yet, but just give me a second. This is about my third or fourth time trying to talk about this, so... I don't feel um, as confident, but hey, we'll see. All right, now, Okay. Look. This is the first known image of the people called Jews in history, and obviously these are Negroes. Those are cornrows and, and a beard. Now, look at how they're holding their hands. Be mindful. Well, it's not showing it yet. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to it. Okay, here you go. It's getting to it. Uh, I need to see. Oh, here we go. Look at this. Prayer postures. These Assyrians that were behind them were beating them on the backs, telling them to pray to their God and have their God come save them. And if they didn't do it, they get beat. Now look at this. Does this look familiar? <laughs> do you all see this? Yeah. 
So who do you think? Go ahead. I wanted to just say something about the prayer posture. (laughs) I don't don't know if it really makes any sense what I'm about to say, but nonetheless, when I look at the three prayer positions, and I don't know if they have to necessarily be in a specific order, but if they are in a specific order, then if you look at the first position where you're in the fetal position, it's... uh, it looks like what you were saying, um, uh, like how a baby is in his womb, where uh, and it also is um, kind of it kind of mirrors someone who's an adolescent state and an at an adolescent state of mind. Then when you get to them on their knees, they kind of learn how to walk, but not have uh, fully become the upright man, but they know how to what you would call pray, but may not understand why they're praying. And then when they're standing upright, their hands in the air, now they're, it looks like now they become kind of like this upright, conscious man who understands his needs and understands why he's praying. Now, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's what I get when I look at those three stages of prayer. And I don't know if they are three stages of prayer. I know that there are three positions of prayer. But if that's but that's what I see when I'm seeing these prayer positions. And as I stated before, I don't know if they're in a particular order or if they have to be, or if there's a choice in either three. But that's what I got when I looked at it and I yield, brother. Okay. Revelation 2010. Okay, I'll come back to that. Now, what I'm saying is the first position, your hands are above your head. Then you move into this type of position. And then you move towards the ground in the fetal position. Oops. Shoot, I hit the wrong thing. Now, When you look at what they're doing in Mecca, and then you also got to understand who taught Prophet Muhammad. Israelite sages, prophets, taught Prophet Muhammad. That's actually historically proven. That's not an opinion. But here's the catch. Uh, let me see if I can go back. Mm, I think I might have closed it. When you see them walking around Mecca, guess what else they do? They have a a whip in one hand and rocks in another hand. What are they symbolizing? They're symbolizing this taking place. They're, they're, they're symbolizing when the Israelites went into Syrian captivity and were being beat on the backs by whips and and stones being thrown at them for being transgressors. This whole thing was actually being carried out in real life. And Muslims reenact this whole thing, and they don't even know why. 
Lynn, is it making sense? Well, here's the thing, and you got to give me a minute to get this out because I was actually on something else, but you just kind of blew me away. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like if this is something that was taught to uh, these Muslims by the Israelite sages, it's almost like, I mean, these guys were just, man, the the foresight there. Because when I when I see this, I see some foresight from the standpoint of them knowing that our people was going to continue to be knuckleheads down through the ages. So yet here's another opportunity to use ritual reenactment to embed our truths and other people's unbeknownst to them so that at the appointed time, those individuals that would be raised to be able to put the pieces together can use the, the this information as regression to be able to set the record straight or to be able to uh, align these various um, truths properly. No different than the night we were um, having a conversation um, in third degree where uh, we were discussing, I want to say it was maybe um, the ritual for the Master Mason and how um, Hiram Abiff was murdered and he was carried on a westerly course. And, you know, we talked about that where, you know, they're, they're reenacting these rituals and they think it's one thing, but it means something completely different to the, to the adept. Um, same, same deal with, with, excuse me, what I'm starting to see now where, in the scriptures, there are a number of various verses that are um, heavily veiled in meaning, and then you get into some of these other spiritual systems, like um, you know, obviously, you know, from the East, like uh, Buddhism or Taoism, and they give you a more um, a, a less veiled um, treatment and a practical application of some of those truths, um, you know, from a standpoint of enlightenment, um, you know, from a standpoint of um, the actual mechanics of being able to affect enlightenment, whereas in the, in the scriptures it's heavily veiled and some of these other teachings, um, you know, it's, it, it's not so much but you, if, if if you use logic and reason, you can see that all of these things was derived from the scriptures. So then, when you come back and say, you know, these belief systems um, evolved out of us, and you know that you know our forefathers, our people were the har- harbingers of civilization. You know, we we civilized this planet. I mean, you got all the evidence in the world for a reasonable mind to be able to, to you know, put those pieces together. So it's, it's um, 
it's kind of profound. I won't say it's kind of profound. It's very profound, and I yield. You put that very well, brother. You said that very well. Now, I'm I'm going back in history, so I'm going to take this all the way back. You you see the soldiers, and they're making mockery of they're, they're making them. It, same thing happened. When when was this? Um, when the slave masters say, "Sing those Negro hymns" and all of that. Same type of behavior. Then yeah, pray to your God now. Your God ain't gonna save you, right? Okay, now understand. Abraham, his first son was Ishmael. His second son was Isaac. Isaac got the promise, got the birthright. Why? Because Isaac, um, Sarah, was a descendant of Shem. Hagar was a descendant. Hagar, his handmaiden, his bond servitude, concubine, was a descendant of Ham. So although Ishmael's the firstborn, Ishmael can't get the blessing because his mother is a slave and she's not a descendant of, of Shem. So the, the blessing goes, the birthright goes to the firstborn of the chief wife, so to speak, or the, the consort, the offspring of the, the actual uh, lawful consort. Sarah being a Shemite, the child that comes from her, the first male child gets the birthright. All right, now you can see them. You can see the prayer postures. Remember, look at the fetal position. Look, he's touching his head. Now, I've never seen this picture before right now, by the way. But you can look and see he has a beard. They got... Some of them got beards. Look, they got the miter on, or what they call the mitri. They got braids in their hair. Come on, man. Look at this. This is us. Now, what, to further understand, you have to really remember, you hear brothers say all of the time, I say, there is no possible way that a child history predates their fathers or their parents. It is not possible. And anybody that believes that is mentally ill. Okay. Historically, well, let me see if I can find it. The Bible talks about the first civilization on earth, okay? The first civilization on earth was the Mesopotamian Empire. And the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand and he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor 
So Mesopotamia, which is no longer on the map, Mesopotamia as a civilization predates Egypt by thousands of years. You see Mesopotamia, Syria, Iraq, all of this was controlled by them, Israel, all of this was the Mesopotamia Empire, but the Mesopotamia itself was here. So who lived here? And remember, this predates Egypt. It predates Sumer. Sumer was included in the Mesopotamian Empire. Um, Sumer was included, and um, Babylon was included. Now they're depicting pyramids in Mesopotamia. Meso or Mecho or Mexo is the root is the root of Mesopotamia the root is Mexo or Meso or Mecho. Now, land of the Mecho. Now, this civilization, first historical civilization, Mesopotamia, Bible, Mesopotamia, Egyptian civilization did not come first. Uh, actually, for most historians that I've come across in my life, Egypt would have come possibly fifth or fourth, either fourth or fifth. The debate is if if uh, Ethiopia, if Egypt came out of Ethiopia or the reverse. So Ethiopia would have predated Egypt in some people's mind because Egypt or Kemet is called, is literally called the child of Ethiopia. Shalom. Sir. Yes, sir. So um, just something else to, to lend credence to that. I, I've read in a couple different places where um, in the literature it's actually referred to as the daughter of Ethiopia, and then they have some of those um, early peoples that would go on to be um, – known in history as Egyptians, they they said that their um, forefathers came from the South. So I'm, I'm just lending that as, as more credence to, yeah, that's that's correct. It's, um, Egypt isn't even a close second from a standpoint of civilization to Mesopotamia. I yield. Thank you, sir. Very good point. Some people say that the map is upside down.
so what I've always noticed, how in the world is lower Egypt above upper Egypt? That don't make sense. It only makes sense if you turn this map upside down. Then upper Egypt would be up here and lower Egypt would be down here. Same for the Nile. Um, the Nile is called the Upper Nile down here, Lower Nile up here. So water doesn't flow upstream. This is going north. Anyway, remember Mesopotamia. Then you can argue between Sumer and Babylon, but I'm going to go Mesopotamia, Sumer, Babylon, Ethiopia, Egypt. Well, obviously, Babylon is in there. Man, my stomach is growling. Excuse me, you all. All right, so if we have, let me try to find a table of nations. When I type in table of nations, why is it that the Bible comes up? Because it's the only table of nations. All right. So Noah, Shem, man, they don't even show them. Hold on. Well, let me talk about the language. Noah, Shem, Eber. Noah, Shem, Aram. Three sons of, of Shem. Aram or Aram. They were talking, they were speaking a language. Shem was speaking a language. Noah was speaking a language. And this language was Aramaic. So once it got from Shem to Eber, Eber is where the word Hebrew comes from. Once it got to Eber, I was looking over here. I'm sorry. I went to look here. I should have been looking here. It got to Eber and then the Pelic. Pelic is during Pelic's lifetime is when all the continents started to separate. This is where it began to be called Hebrew with Eber. This is where the culture began and it gets to Abram. So by the time it gets to Abram or Abraham, that's when it's already called Hebrew. But it's the same language that preceded Eber. It was 
in, uh, this bloodline, they called it Aramaic. And these two bloodlines, well, at this time, all three of them were calling it Aramaic. But by the time it gets to Eber and passes down here, it's called Hebrew. So the real Hebrew language is Aramaic. Which, in turn, comes from Noah. So all of these guys would have been speaking this language, too, until they got away from their father and the, with their father Noah, and they changed it. And we're going to see how these particular people changed it because they weren't as advanced as Shemites because, remember, Shemites had the bloodline. They had the birthright. These two guys didn't. So these guys had more advanced knowledge. They had more advanced science. And everywhere they went, you saw more, more advanced civilization. They went and started the Mesopotamian civilization and broadened it. Okay, so now... Ham cannot have a history that precedes his father. So whatever Noah was doing, Japheth was doing, Ham was doing, Shem was doing. Shem would have got the advanced science, the advanced sciences, because he had the, the advanced knowledge. But they had a derivative. Now, here's the catch. The Shemites, Elamites, Persians, um, Eastern Indians, all over in this side are all Shemites. Where do you get specific types of spiritual paths? As Brother was saying, such as Buddhism, all comes down the Shem line. Hinduism, all comes down the Shem line. Now, here's what we have to know. Whatever Noah was doing, he passed to Shem and these two also. These two had a lesser degree of knowledge, but they kept some degrees of it. So when they were writing the original name of the Most High, in the original language, when it was written, here's what it looked like. What Now look, do you see this? Do you see these arms? Everybody with me? Yes. Do you see this? <laughs> yeah. And this is this is prayer positions. Mm -hmm. uh, Arms, legs, and a head. A Y chromosome. Bending down, fetal position. I mean, come on, Robert, do you see this? Or am I crazy? <laughs> Actually, bud, yeah, I don't see it, but I can, based upon a visual that you're describing, 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, hmm. it's not really difficult to definitely uh, visualize uh, that that came to fruition and brought down from that particular line. But um, based upon what you're saying, but I can kind of visualize it um, pretty much in my in my head based upon how you're saying it. How you? Thank you, sir. Um, Lynn, do you see it? Uh, I, I mean, from this from this pictogram, I I, I can definitely see it. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's you you actually got the posture embedded into the symbols. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like man. So when uh, when language originally started, it was pictorial. It was picture descriptions, right? As the Hebrew language advanced, then it it got to these other things. Well, this would have been the, the next set. I think this here. Okay. Now, despite what they say, Medunetter hieroglyphics were never it was never a spoken language. But you can see they use pictorials to describe a form of communication. Oh, I forgot about the Phoenician uh, civilization. That would probably that predates predates uh, Egypt as well. This is phonetic Phoenician Hebrew. See this letter here. The letter D is how? What is that in mathematics? How do is it? Is that a trapezoid? What is the? It's a triangle. Um, any mathematicians? I think this is a triangle. All right. This triangle, this is the letter D, right? You superimpose it, the letter D over the, over the letter D, or W, actually, not W, I'm sorry. Uh, D, how would we do it? D and, well, D and D would be David. All right, now look. Um, Let me go back to the Table of Nations. Brother Bernard, are you close to home? Oh, Shalom, sir. I'm 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 sitting here looking at it. I'm looking right at it. So I'm on uh, the the conference call. You see it? Yes, sir. How come I don't see you logged in? One, two, three, four, five. 
I don't see you logged in. No, because oh. I sent that message and you said, oh, I'll get back to that later. So. Oh, you did see that. You did send that message. Yes, sir. Yeah. Great lesson. I you. Okay. That's why you did see that. All right. Now, I'm going back to the table of nations. So the creativity and the culture. Um, so, Brother Bernard, do you see this? Right here? Yes, sir. Stretch forth arms, different prayer positions. Okay. So it probably would be, with using vowels, it would be like Yahuwah. So if you use the vowels. But anyway, um, Table of Nations. Uh, where was that? Which one was it? Oh, I was here. Okay. Ham cannot predate Noah. The language that they were speaking didn't get a name until we get down to Aram. But it was it was Aramaic. Or it didn't get that name. It was it was Aramaic. So from here, they, when Eber picks up the language, it's called Hebrew, but it's Aramaic, it's the same language. Prior to this, this was the phonetic language. But easily, this predates Meduneter from Ham. Now, if it predates Ham, and it does, then understand these three sons were taught prayer. From Abraham, I mean from Noah. Well, oh, wait a minute. Why is he doing that? Okay, there it is. I saw it. There it is. Uh, I just saw it. There. You see? See? Everybody see? <laughs> Can anybody hear me? Yes, sir. We see it out. Yes, sir. Okay. Look at this. These are probably uh, Egyptian Christian, whatever. The whole, the whole planet. Look at this. The whole planet come, came from one particular people. This is supposed to be Horus. But here's the thing. Remember, this prayer is not what people have made it to be. It's part remembrance, part is part worship, of course, um, humbling oneself, and it's part exercise. Now watch. You all see this? 
Are you serious? What the hell? <laughs> you start in this position. You put your hands above your head. You go down and you prostrate. Prostrate. You touch your head to the um. Well, they're missing some uh, fetal position, but you touch your head to the earth. But they understand this is Egyptian. This is comedic. Okay. All of these things come from the same source. That's my point. That's my point. So, at particular times of the day, during the time that the sun is coming up, morning, noon, and evening, morning, high noon, when the sun is at its zenith, we are to do prayer postures as a form of exercise and remembrance. Hmm. Now, now, this includes breathing. Which they call um, what is it? I think it's called reverse breathing, maybe. Um, but it's fetal breathing, okay, where you breathe and you push your stomach out. So that's how we used to breathe in the womb, and this is what you learn from Hebraic prayer. Now this goes back before these people. This is called Egyptian yoga, or whatever. Hermetic yoga. But my point is, it does not predate Noah. It does not predate Mesopotamia. And this is what they were originally doing. So once you see them um, being beat in, in on the backs by the Assyrian, this is what they're doing. And they're being made mockery of, do your prayers now. Because they don't understand it. When the Muslims are traveling around Mecca, they're carrying a, a little whip, and they're throwing rocks, and they're they're reenacting what happened with the Israelites in Assyria. This is one of the ancient secrets that brings all of the people from Christianity, from Islam, from Judaism, all back to one. All these Hermetic, Kemetic. I am God, people. Guess who your parents are? Guess who your forefathers are? They're the same people who preserved the Hebrew faith all down through the line. Hopefully you all see what I'm saying. Uh, we're at the two-hour and two-minute mark. So, um, Brother Lynn, do you, you, you get it? you follow what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah, brother. Um, it was a great class, and it, it makes – it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, the the thing that to me is just just kind of puts it into a, a, a greater perspective um, is the fact that really a lot of these, it, it, this is what it seems like has occurred. It's like the only people that have have ever developed spiritual systems that have actually endured have come out of the Shemitic line. And outside of that, it would appear that um, 
these truths, you know, these po- these postures, the me- the mechanics of what um, the forefathers left for us have been heavily incorporated into some of these um, spiritual systems that survive today. And my thing is, it's, it's, it's pretty apparent that all of these systems, we gave rise to these different systems, like Shemetics um, in the grand scheme of things, but um, specifically Hebrews. You know, it, it, it comes out of us. So when I hear you say, you know, two weeks ago that, um, you know, the um, the the yogis were given um, honor to your teacher, I mean, it, it's crazy, but, you know, they they got to they, – they know who we are better than we do, it, it would appear. So um, I, I yield on that. Great class, brother. Praise the Lord. Revelation 2012, I saw the dead, small, and great stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those books, out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead. Oh, excuse me. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And in the end... There's certain keys that were passed down to us, this particular nation, as an inheritance. So, look, it, oh, I closed it. Like like this whole Jacob and Esau, Esau is the, the, the Caucasian man. No, it's not true. It's imp- How is it possible that all Caucasians are Esau? If there are Caucasians who came from the bloodline of Jephthah, how is it possible? <laughs> that don't even make common sense. How is it possible that all Caucasians are Esau when all Edomites were killed? How is it possible that they're all Edomites when the bloodline of Ham by way of Canaan there was leprosy in that bloodline. All Caucasians are not Edomites. Now, I'm saying this because I just saw an argument on Facebook the other day uh, over this same subject, but it showed me something. It was one guy that was representing Yahweh Ben Yahweh and another guy that's representing ISUPK camps. Did I know it? <laughs> because the whole the whole mythology of, of Esau came from them. They came and they took that from the nation of Islam and they just changed um Adam into Edom. And if you've been around long enough like I have, you see that. Because that was not what the original Hebrews on this land taught. And here's what I'm saying. We didn't get this through Yahweh being Yahweh. We didn't get it through Ben Ami. We didn't get through 
through um, ISUPK. This came from the elders of the Order of Melchizedek who brought this and preserved this. And there are plenty of other Hebrews around this country that do not go out on the streets and call themselves Hebrew Israelites. Hebrews don't call themselves Hebrew Israelites, the original Hebrews on this land. That's just those guys. We know that we're Hebrews by faith and Israelites by nation. You know, so we call each other Hebrews. So we don't call each other Israelites. We know that when we say Hebrew, we're not talking about the nation. We're talking about the, 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 the way of life, right? Okay, now look. These other groups cannot even fathom this or see this because their reasoning is blocked. Their minds are blocked because it wasn't supposed to be given to them. And if you try to share this with them, they're going to say that you worship the devil. It does, you know, all types of nonsense. When the only real truth is, if you have a father who has a son, and whatever the son is doing looks similar to what the father was doing, then you got to know he took what he got from his father and just added some more to it and changed it up a little bit. That's all it is to it. But for some reason, that confounds the most conscious, intelligent niggas walking this earth. They know every damn thing, but they don't have common sense. And they can't see this. So this is why we can't go out and preach this like that. This is, but the real truth is Buddha, Krishna, Jesus, um, you got Zoroaster, um, a whole Confucius, all came out of Shem. Vishnu, all came out of Shem. Period. And what it was is all the, now everybody had a system of yoga, what you would call yoga, breathing, certain breathing techniques. But understand, it comes from one source. <laughs> and once it gets split up in all these different sources and people start going different places, then they start adding stuff to it, turning it into religion, and then just diluting it. I hope you all understand. It all goes back to the original gods of this earth. The master teachers of this earth are the same people who carry this truth through the Shemitic bloodline. And so different parts of the advanced sciences of mathematics, metaphysics, even yoga, I guess you could say, they got dispersed. But when you investigate all of those things and understand who they really come from and put them together, then you start to see a real clear picture because all those people were writing on their walls and in their language, who are these angels and these gods coming out of these clouds? They've got these master sciences that are teaching and civilizing this whole earth. Who are they? All those angels and gods are us. All those extraterrestrials are us. Bottom line, we taught them science, mathematics, lang mathematics, language. We taught them symbolism in the form of metaphysics and, and pictorial expressions of language. 
We taught them all of that. That's what's going to unify us outside of these so-called uh, religions. Now, we're identifying as Hebrews, but really, here's what it is. A Hebrew has a lifestyle of a certain discipline. One who follows the laws, statutes, and commandments keeps theocracy and government of the most high, aligns oneself with nature. What were the Native Americans doing? Aligning themselves with nature. Who are they? They're Israelites. They're carrying Hebrew practices. They see the most high in everything. The most high is in the trees, in the, in the stars, in the grass. The most high is everything because it's nature itself and natural law. So you think they worship nature, but you don't understand that they actually understand the truth. Right? Okay. Now, last point. If we're to follow law, this is called a nobility. If we're to follow law, statutes and commandments and laws, we're supposed to have a government. And if my language changes, if I am no longer talking Hebrew, or Aramaic, or whatever, phonetic language, Phoenician language. If I'm not talking any of that, the Most High still is supposed to mean the same thing. Easy to conceive of, right? So if somebody else is speaking a language that I don't understand, or a dialect of language, I can know what they mean when they reference the most high by how they express themselves. Now, if a word means, okay, Allah, in Hebrew is Allah, in Arabic is Allah, slightly different inflection there, right? In Hebrew, Allah, Allah is mighty or almighty one, right? Okay. In Arabic, Allah means God. So in Arabic, the same word has a slightly different meaning because God is master teacher. But they're trying to reference the almighty in their language. Okay, we go to Islam. Islam means submission. We go to Muslim. Muslim, Muslim, excuse me. Muslim is one who submits to the will of the Most High. Literally now, a Muslim is one who submits to the will of the Most High. So if you call it Islam, and we call it Hebrew, it's still the same thing if you're submitting to the will of the Most High in the same practices of the ancient cultures. This is what was trying to happen with the Israelite sages teaching the Muhammad. And then what did they do with it? 
they took it and made it into more rituals and more religions, and it got away from its source. What did you Juda- What did Judaism do? We taught them, the Moorish Jews taught them, and they actually kept most of it intact. They have more of it than Christians and he and um. Uh, Muslims, but my point is, it's not the words that we should be focusing on. Okay. Definition: The people of this world are in darkness because of misinterpretations and and actually no interpretations and not definition. The whole planet is in darkness because these people have made mischief with the original language of law, the original language. I don't care what dialect you speak, the original definitions of what all this meant. I hope that makes sense, and let's sign off for today, and uh, thank you all for being there. Brother Priest? Yes. Brother Priest, when you get a chance, can you go into the the free screen? I sent some scriptures in there that we uh, wanted clarity on. Maybe we can go on another time. But before you logged out of there, I want you to <clears throat> at, at least see them. That way we'll talk about it at a future time. And I yield. Okay, hold on. Uh, okay, if I close this, I'm not going to be able to. Okay, Second Esdras, uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 16. Um, I'm probably, I can't copy the, oh, yeah, I can. All right, I'll I'll try and address it next time. Thank you all for being here. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.